0: Welcome into the podcast that brings listeners directly to the intersection of sports and entertainment through the lens and incomparable style of Dick Butkus. Direct from the 312, join hosts Matt Amendola and Matt Butkus as they dive into the worlds of football, pop culture, philanthropy, and more. This is Butkus Beyond the Line.
1: Roses are red and violets are blue. If you've got any sense, you'll keep Butkus away from you.
2: Welcome back to Budkiss Beyond the Line. Today we are joined by Doug Plank, an eight-year NFL veteran that played safety for the Chicago Bears from 1975 to 1982. He also played for the Ohio State University, winning three Big Ten titles and playing in three consecutive Rose Bowls under Coach Woody Hayes. But first, the huddle. 989 on two on two on two. Ready? Three. On two on two on two. Ready?
3: Three
0: so back in the beginning of august i was at the uh, pro football hall of fame so which brings back a lot of memories for me i was i was just old enough to actually remember i remember how you know growing up everyone's like when where were you in this year and date and i'm like uh, i don't really remember that but i do remember the hall of fame when we, i went with our family and my grandparents and it was pretty special so I I do remember it and it was man they run you around but it's a good thing you got parades oh, yeah. and dinners lunches parades you have to sign a bunch of stuff and and but all in all it's um it's a great weekend for the for the inductee and then it it brings back a lot of the old players and they get to see each other and and it's just a great time it's you know happy and there are are some sad parts cuz uh you know everybody doesn't everybody doesn't come back you know you you lose some of your your teammates and and hall of famers along the way i'm just glad i uh this year uh, tony baselli was my roommate at usc and uh he invited me to friends and family so um i well, that's awesome. uh, i did a lot of stuff with him and um he's got wasn't oh it was great he uh going back he was a year or two behind me And uh, I remember we were we were roommates, and uh, along with a couple other players that made the NFL, sure. uh, Even for Jacksonville, but he was selected in Jacksonville,
2: and and wasn't either the first player ever selected, first
0: player ever ever selected for,
2: and he was the Houston Texans, Houston Texans, because I was growing up in Houston at that time, and that's why I remember because I was like who I was like who's the first because I gotta realize being from Houston. In 1993, when Bud Adams took the team to Tennessee, I was 13 years old and I was just crushed because my home team had just left. So I vowed that if any team were to come back to Houston, I would be a devout fan. So when the Texans came back, the very first pick was was Tony Baselli. So I was absolutely on cloud nine. So to see his success is huge for me, huge. Yeah, he was a good one. It definitely wasn't the easiest thing being a diehard Texans fan. Well, this year you
0: got Lovey Smith, the former Bear, and right. yet yeah. yet again, like the Dolphins, we play the Houston Texans, so, and we're going, <laughs> and we're going. That's, so that'll yeah. that'll be interesting. And your brother played for both those teams.
2: That's right. Yep. Yep. So,
0: how did the ceremony go? Good. It was it was hot, but uh, you know, I did find some shade and and stuff like that, and. Got to you know, I I know what Tony's going through, not literally, but I you know I've been there several times before, so I, you know, let mm-hmm. him do his own thing, and you know, when we get a when we got a chance to talk, we you know we'd reminisce a little bit, and he's doing uh, some TV stuff and for, for the you know NFL and listen to him on the radio. I think he does the uh, you know the NFL game of the week on radio. When he was selected one, the Bears played at the Jags the next year. So I went down and stayed with him a week. He was married, but uh, no kids. Now he's got like four kids. So I got to meet them and, you know, listen to their career and stuff like that. So it was good. And then I I was able to see other friends. You know, it was like a reunion from USC, basically. So I got to see a lot of my buddies, a lot of my teammates that Tony and I played with. So that was kind of cool. Hopefully one day we'll be, me and you will be going there for your brother.
2: Yeah, that would be great. I, be nice. I actually haven't got a chance to go there. I'm looking forward to it going soon though. for sure. Yeah,
0: it's a cool place. Well, let's get to our guest. Uh, one of the heaviest hitters in the league back when he played uh, former Chicago Bears, Doug Plank.
2: AmericanEagle.com has over two decades of experience designing websites that produce results. Their clients come to rely on them for a full line of website services, from consulting and strategy to digital marketing, hosting, and support. AmericanEagle.com is the technology partner you need if you're looking for online success. They're also the official website and digital marketing provider for the Budkus Award and the Budkus Foundation websites, and we proudly recommend the team to AmericanEagle.com. Give AmericanEagle.com a call today. One eight seven seven 877 web now one Welcome back. We are joined today by one of the hardest hitting safeties ever to play the game. He played for the Chicago Bears from 1975 to 1982. Defensive coordinator Buddy Ryan named his defense after his jersey number, the 46 defense, because of his hard-hitting, aggressive style. Doug Plank, welcome to the show. Well, we'll get into it.
0: Start with maybe your, you know, where you grew up and how you got into football. If you had a, a mentor to, to guide you, who, uh, who would you say?
1: I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I didn't really know anything about football until I was eight years old, and my mother grabbed myself and my two brothers. That was it, two brothers. And took us out to this. We had signed up for this Pee Wee Football League. None of us wanted to do it until we started playing, and all of a sudden, man, this is pretty cool. You know, my mother used to slap us around when we would always fight and wrestle in the house and break furniture and throw things at each other. Hey, you could go out there and play football and hit other people, and then pat, pat you on the back and say, hey, great job. Yeah. Good hit.
0: And you one and them you hit them, and one day make two hundred million doing it.
1: That was it. Yeah, that was. Uh, you know, uh, that was the beginning of my career, and uh, you know, so and I started fooling around with football out at the playground, and uh, I, I could I could pass, punt, and kick really well. So obviously, what happened? I signed up for the pass, punt, and wow. kick, and I went all the way down to the Pittsburgh. that where they played at Pitt Stadium, University of Pittsburgh Stadium at that time. And uh, I beat the guy, they played the Washington team, and uh, I beat the guy that I was up against, but there was contests going on all across the country and I lost out to somebody on the West Coast. Wow. So, But no, I won the Pennsylvania Pass, Punt, and Kick competition. So, man, I was all football. Nice. And uh, growing up in Pennsylvania, it's all about football. And just like your dad played. I mean, I was a huge fan of growing up in Pittsburgh area, of the Steelers, because the Steelers were like the Bears. No, they never won. Yeah. They, all they did was beat up people every week and <laughs> run, run, run. You know, they, great defense. Like my dad, I mean, it was like, like the Chicago Bears. Yeah,
0: my, like my dad always says, it's like, well, you're going to have to strap them up against the Bears this week. But just kind of weather the storm and they'll blow it at the end and we'll win.
1: It's funny. Really cheering for the Steelers was like cheering for the Bears. Uh, you know, they had a running back, you know, that wasn't bad. And uh, but until they got Terry Bradshaw, I mean, it was all just about defense and watching them knock other people out of the game. And so I, I there, there was a natural tendency for me to want to like the Chicago Bears because they they had the same program. They had yeah. you know, a running back, okay, you know, but the the rest was defense. And I mean, what team, what town in the country waits for their defense to come on the field so they can watch football? <laughs> the Chicago Bears. Like that, that was it. You know, and just especially during your dad's era. It was like my era. You know, you guys had probably the best running back in the league, just like we did, Walter Payton. Yep. But we had a defense that unless we kept a score to under 10 points, we were probably going to lose. And that was the same way with you guys. I mean, with the Bears. Your dad played. It was, if the other team got two digits on your scoreboard, look out. It was going to be a tough game.
0: Yeah. They had, yeah, Bill George, Doug Atkins, Obradovich. They had a lot of good players like you guys did.
1: You know what's funny though? You know, and, and I say this when I got there, Buddy Ryan came to the Chicago Bears. This was maybe like my third or fourth year, fourth year, I guess it was. He said, You're no so free, you're no free safety. He said, You're a linebacker. He said so that's when he devised his whole defense, the 46 defense. He took the middle linebacker out. He moved me up to the middle linebacker. And then we had a four or five man line, so there was no gaps. You know, we were covering every offensive lineman. Let me just say this you know, people go, How did you play middle linebacker at 205 pounds? There was nobody coming on me. Right. That 46 defense, every offensive lineman had a defensive lineman in their face, you know, a defensive tackle or a defensive end. Nobody was coming and getting me. Sure. I'm running around with a free safety. Instead of being at 12 yards, I'm at two yards now. Yep. And that's what it was, and then we just started mixing it up, you know, we had a thing called uh, picking on Susie. Susie was the weakest offensive lineman on that team we were getting ready to play, and uh we would usually put Dan Hampton over that weak linebacker that you know that was Susie, sure. and uh Dan would beat the heck out of him, you know, and, and I don't know if you guys did that very or the Bears did that very much in the earlier times, but it just made sense, you know that I could run around and go move tackles. And, uh, you know, of course, when I left, you know, Mike Singletary took that spot and the Bears ended up taking that whole show to the Super Bowl and winning it. And um, even though I wasn't on the team in 85, it was fun watching those guys finally, finally get to the final game and win it.
2: Yeah. I was, a ball- I was the hey, ball boy.
1: Doug,
2: how was being the ball boy, Matt?
0: <laughs> the ball boy. We- <laughs> I just have one story about when we went to uh, – I was a ball boy. When I was a freshman in, in high school. And we went down to to New Orleans, and uh my brother was four years older than me, so he was just graduating high school, you know, and we like to have a good time or whatever, so he took me out one night, I think it was the night before the super Bowl and i I was like, the bears have to be confident because we came rolling in pretty late, but I must have seen like eight of the eleven starters on offense still out, <laughs> marjorams walking around i i I was like, what the They got to play in eight hours, but you saw what happened. So maybe it was in that new Orleans water, but these guys were, they they were confident and uh, they were definitely out real late. So,
2: Hey Doug, I know, you know, going to Ohio state and Woody Hayes and, and buddy Ryan, you got a lot of experience with influential coaches. Who was your most influential coach you played for?
1: I'll say Mike Ditka, you know, because Uh, all these coaches had, had good philosophies and all that sort of thing. I mean, Woody always said, three things can happen when you throw a ball and two of them are bad. Incompletion, Mm -hmm. interception. So there was more run, 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 run. So I was used to the run, run, run when I got to Chicago with Walter Payton. You know, Walter could run, he could throw, he could kick, he could punt. Why don't we use him like on trick plays? We never really had many trick plays. Eventually, they put them in there. But, you know, you have to have a philosophy too, though. Everybody has to buy in. And, you know, we just didn't have the type of system that allowed us to do the great things that we had to do. Here's what really frustrated me. There was a game in 1977, I believe. It was my third year in the league. It was the last game of the year, and the St. Louis Cardinals, what they were called at that time, came into town. We had to beat them by 35 points to go to the playoffs. Guess what happened that day? We scored 42 points. Here's what I say. It's all up here. You know, you can't keep running the ball and score 42 points. We started running fake plays, fake punts, double reverses, Walter Payton throwing the ball on a sweep, the wide open receivers down the field. Like I said, we would fake the punt play. You know, Bob Parsons, who unfortunately just passed away, was a great passer, a quarterback in high school. And, man, he was finding all kind of open. I'm going, why in the H-E-L-L, Did we not do this back at week one instead we show up with this right run right run left oh now we're going to throw a screen to walter that was (laughs) that was the
0: creativity (laughs)
1: sounds like the bears now i'm going (laughs) yes you know and and then i later became a coach and i coached for like 10 years you start learning about all the things that you could have done and you realize i don't want to say how incompetent it was you guys asked me a question. I'm great at never ask, at, answering them by taking it in a different direction. The first day Mike Ditka shows up, he sends everybody out to Arizona. We're going to do a three-day mini camp out there for all the players because the draft hasn't hadn't taken place at that time. You know, they used to draft real early, like in January. Then they moved it back, 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 so it was something later in the year. So we didn't have any rookies, and Mike Ditka stood up there. I'll tell you what, man, he was, he was General Patton. And he just said, I'm going to kick everybody's ASS in here. And right now I figure there's about 50% of you that will make this team and 50% that won't. And I said, congratulations to you that are going to be here and the rest of you go to whatever, (laughs) go wherever you don't want to go. I'll tell you what, that was a message. You walked out of that room, you're going, man, have things changed instead of the years before where, you know, you'd walk out of the meeting and the head coach would be there. Give me a hug. Give me a hug. Be buddy. This is not yeah. this is not a hug business.
0: Yeah.
1: This is take no prisoners. And right. okay, I couldn't be a middle linebacker, you know, at, at safety, but I tried to play like one. Yeah. And I started doing reads. I started reading the line like a linebacker would. Sure. And you know what? Those linemen off guards and tackles tell you pass and run every single yep. time. Yep. It, you know, there's a line there. They can't come over that line if they throw the ball. The moment those, my linemen charged across that line, I'm, I'm off. I'm, I'm trying to hit somebody up there. Sometimes it was our own players. Most <laughs> times it was the other sure. running back or the quarterback. Dan Hampton was so mad at me. Sometimes Jim Osborne, uh, you know, you name it, linebackers. I didn't, I didn't care if you didn't get out of my way. Make the tackle, get out of the way. Well, I got a question. Strike. How
2: about this, Doug? I mean, with the same, with that same thing, that same idea. Who's the toughest running back and the toughest wide receiver? Campbell. Earl Campbell. Earl
1: Campbell was like tackling uh, Sears Tower. Wow. You grab a hold of it, you go, okay, uh, there's no movement here. <laughs> no, I'll be honest with you.
0: Except Earl, in my neck.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know what? You could literally paralyze yourself if you wanted to hit him hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, tried to hit, I tried to hit him as hard as I could. In fact, there's one play on YouTube, trying to think what team he played for then, whether it was the Oilers or somebody else. Uh, Yeah, it was Houston Oilers. And, you know, he had banged up a lot of our linebackers. The week before, he knocked out a a safety, Steve Foley from the Broncos. I mean, knocked him out where they came on the field with the cart, put the kid on the the, the, uh, stretcher, put him in the back of the cart, and took him off the field. Now, they put that on the game film. I'll tell you why. They wanted to intimidate everybody. And when buddy Ryan was in a meeting at that time, he goes, any of you guys in this room don't want to play? Tell me now, I want to work your replacement into the end this program. What he was doing was sure. he was talking about receiver. Buddy. Um, Lynn Swan was pretty wow. darn good. I'll tell you what he, he, you know what he was smart. He read you, he read your defense and he knew what you were doing. And, and he ran a complimentary route to beat it and great hands. There was guys that I played against that were really, really fast, but they were just like cars on like drag strips, going Brow! they they only ran straight. They didn't zigzag. Lynn Swan was like reading the defense as he's coming off the line. Wow. That's what great all pro receivers do. And- yep. Of course, from USC, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, of course. No, they we we beat them. We played them three times, My when I was at Ohio State. We beat them once really bad, and they beat us once really bad. And then the other game was at the end of the game we were winning it, and uh, they scored a touchdown because we were playing prevent. Prevent prevents you mm-hmm. from winning. Yeah, I'll just I say that. Prevent defense. You get twenty yards deep. It's pitch and catch. Go down the field. They're down there on the five yard line. Uh, they ran. They ran a, a, a Pat Hayden sprinted out of the pocket, dumped the pass off. They scored a touchdown. Now they were down by one. So instead of going for the extra point, they went for two points. They got the two points we lost <laughs> so anyway yeah usc was just, you know and, and I'm, I'm i hope that whole new situation at usc i loved it when usc was a powerhouse yeah they just made college football better and they just made it better yeah. They made it you know better for people sure. to watch and i think you know now hopefully this whole thing works out that you know when they're a powerhouse it's just like right now ohio state michigan okay i know michigan won last year but It really hadn't been a rivalry the last 10 years. It was people acted like it was, but it really wasn't, you know, Ohio state was just going up there. Okay. How many points are we going to score today? And you know, it just wasn't a rivalry and you guys know what a rivalry feels like.
0: Yep. Unfortunately, like for the bears in green Bay, right. That's supposed
2: to be a rivalry and we're what 24 and two. Doug, how are you feeling about the season right now? As far as the bears uh, over under five wins.
1: You know it's right now i i i hear all these wonderful great things about the season and all the players and new systems and all that sort of thing all that's just all verbiage it's just a bunch of talk until you can actually see a game Mm -hmm. you know what do they have i i thought you know the first year with matt Nagy. you know i thought man they were going to just come out of the box and just he had all kind of creative plays you know he was my quarterback i was a coach in arena football matt Nagy was my quarterback so I, I worked with the Falcons and then he was the uh, quarterback of the Georgia force. And, um, you know, he used a lot of arena football tricks, you know, double reverses and all this sort of stuff. And it worked fantastic. But now, you know, last year, I don't know, I, there were certain things, you know, there's, there's hash marks on a field and, you know, playing defense, you always want the other team to run the ball into the short side of the field. Sure. If that makes sense. If the ball is on the hash marks, one side is way, way open. The other side is very narrow. Why did the Bears last year continue to keep running to the short side? I love this when I was on defense. I go, you, bring you, it you on, man. The,
2: you think bring one of his on 25 assistant coaches would have helped him out on that
1: no. one? I'm, I'm doing games. I'm, I broadcast games now. I'm sorry. I was taking it to him. I go, listen, this is not where you – and, and then you could see the defense shifting all their guys over there to the short side of the field. Just like they, this was going to be automatic. No, it's brain power. So, what Mike Ditka did, along with Buddy Ryan, they created these different schemes where we were always attacking, we were always going after the other team. You know, and, and I liked it because they had free spirited players on those teams, too. I will never forget the Thursday night game against the Bears, against the Vikings, where they're behind in the game. And Jim McMahon comes in, he's, I don't know, he's got something hurt on him. I don't know what it was, feelings, I think, from the week before. And they send him in the game. Jim is his own man. He calls his own plays. Well, he saw it. Willie Gault was running by his guy all night. Then the coaches, for whatever reason, kept calling short passes, short passes. He goes, Willie, I want you to run down the field 15 yards, turn around like you're going to turn around, take off. And the ball was going to be in the air, and you were going to score a touchdown. Guess what happened the first play? Willie go runs down the field 15 yards does a little stutter step takes off running end zone touchdown chicago bears end up winning the game because they score another three touchdowns you know after that it's what, is, it's what all did mcmahon
2: hear when he got back to the sideline
1: I, you know <laughs> you know i wasn't on that sideline but i heard it was pretty loud but you know what hey listen i'm sorry if somebody goes against me like a coach and I tell them to do something, and they do it their own way, and they score, it, or we get a we get a sack or a fumble. I go, keep it up, right, right. keep it up. Sure. you know, too many coaches have egos. Though I'm serious, oh, yeah. way too many coaches have egos. They don't want anybody to tell them what to do. And to be successful, I learned in life, you got to you got to keep your ears open, be willing to, to to move the needle.
0: That's what happened when we played in the in the Rose Bowl in 1990. If you remember. Our yes. quarterback was Todd Marinovich, yep, and he didn't see eye to eye with Larry Smith, our coach, and he was basically on the way out. And we came into the Rose Bowl. Our Pat O'Hare, remember Pat O'Hare? Oh yeah, sure. He do. was in Orlando for a while yep. with the Predators Arena. Good guy. So he blows his knee out in camp, and Todd leads us to the Rose Bowl, and it's we're playing in the Rose Bowl, and he called, he'd audible every play, and we won the Rose ball. And then the coaches were like, yeah, we called the game, you know, we, we won. And that's, as players, you know, we, that's something you only knew was Todd would go up there and just audible every play and call his own play. And we won.
1: Wow. You know, what's was great though about coaches like buddy, Ryan was an open-minded coach. He devised his plan. He goes, he looked at every other team that we played in every formation field position down and distance, they ran a certain play. In other words, just analyzing it, putting in a computer, and it came out on a computer sheet. And he said, what is the best defense for all of these different plays? Down and distance, field position, and personnel. And we knew on Monday what we were going to run against any team because every time they lined up in a certain formation on a certain down and distance, we called the play. We called it automatic front in coverage. So when Buddy Ryan sent the play in, it was automatic front coverage. It was all what we worked on the whole week and 80 or 90 percent of it was go mm-hmm. kill the quarterback that's what the plays were screw anybody else we're not re- we're not reading anything we are on an attack mission we are cruise missiles every one of us just like Tick was over and over and over again i mean that's when football is fun that's when your dad you know laughing throwing people around blockers <laughs> listen it is fun playing football when you don't have to get off blockers. Screw the blockers. We're just going to blast you. Yeah. In fact, you know, even my job at middle linebacker sometimes was to take out guards and tackles so somebody fun. else could come off the edge with no blockers. There's no blockers. Because I took the guy out and I'll like, say, I speared him. But I speared him right on the line of scrimmage. Right. He, went, he went down for the count. There go. <laughs> he was... We come back to the huddle laughing. When in football, have <laughs> you ever come back to the huddle? And, and you're laughing. You're, you're, you're saying, man, call another play. Call yep. another that's, play. That's when you know
2: you're having fun right there.
1: Yep. It, was playground. it was playground football.
2: That's what it's
0: all about. Hold on a second. There's somebody at the door coming in. Who's, okay. I thought Who it was, could it be? I thought it was locked. You know this guy?
1: Never seen him before.
0: <laughs> never seen him before.
1: No, no. Chris Haynes stopped by to say I'm hello. I'm hoping you don't say how bad
0: the
3: wide receivers were. No. But you're so fired up. I, I'm sure glad we're not doing seven on seven after this.
1: Jeez. <laughs> I'd be in how trouble. Do guys, how Chris? do
2: you guys know it? So did you guys play together?
1: Yeah, well, you know what? Chris is one of those guys that, man, when he plays, he brings energy to everybody else. And you know what? You've got to do that. You can't you can't have, have 10 deadheads. Right, Chris? I, I mean, know. you've got to be able to start firing people up and it's got to start in that huddle. Can't start on the line of scrimmage. And no, Chris, your thing is, man, this man would sacrifice his body.
3: As um, I know from you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't care how many times you hit him. It doesn't matter. He's up off the ground before you are headed back to the huddle. So.
3: <laughs> that that was um, true, but it didn't mean it didn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I Doug, the best one was when, um, I got some personal fouls that Jim Finks didn't really like, and he was telling me, you could use any more of that karate stuff on anybody, but I was like, it's not my fault, playing Tampa Bay the night, Monday night football, (laughs) the same night with Jimmy Giles, and we had Norris Thomas on a punt team, and you said, just do what I say, take him high, and it's kind of like what he's saying, just do what you're told, take him high, I I got the rest of it. Next thing I know, Norris Thomas is swinging at me, he goes for the legs. personal fellow (laughs) they do (laughs) he did get down to make the tackle that was good (laughs) yeah Doug we played on the Blitz together that was interesting
1: that was you know it was fun you know I I just I felt like I'll be honest with you you know I was on a suicide mission every year I was with the Bears when I got to the Blitz I had been hurt I had a spinal concussion I lost a feeling in my left leg for like 90 days. And you know what? Then yeah, that's yeah. That, that starts r- reminding you, hey Doug, you've got a whole life left. And you know, I I was very conscientious after that. Who I knocked out or tried to spear, you know, all that sort of thing. <laughs> like, you know, I cut the linemen out of the hit squad. You know, I, I didn't need to hit them anymore. But, but I didn't need to hit running backs. And finally, I, I got to give a really a lot of credit to Marv Levy. About halfway through the season, after getting knocked out three more times. He just said, Doug, are you coming back next year? And we all knew that the USFL, this is a private meeting now, Chris, with the Marv Levy. And uh, he goes, well, I have something to tell you. I'm not coming back. He must have already cut his deal with the Buffalo Bills. He did. This was like half. I had gotten knocked out this game, Chris. So I'm up there talking to him in in his office. He goes, all I want you to do the rest of the season is play on special teams and just be a leader on the team. I go, really? I go, that's it. He goes, well, he's, he already had, had his deal done. I mean, he was going to Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills. And uh, so the rest of the year, I, I was basically the next man up on defense. And, uh, but I, I thank Marv for that because, you know, everybody only has so many brain cells, Chris. And You and I both, know we've used up a lot of ours.
3: Mine so, were used up a lot before every, I got to the Bears.
1: <laughs> any chance we get... You know, we're, we're thinking down the road too. You know, what else is going to happen? I mean, 30 days after I was done with the blitz, I was opening a Burger King in Columbus, Ohio. Did quite well. Yeah, you know, Yeah, pickle, ketchup, onion. Um, so, you know, I, I had to, you know, coach employees. Mm-hmm. So, and, I, and really, I never looked back. I never felt sorry for myself. Uh, I wish, you know, all the all the best for the Bears that made it to the 85 year season because uh, it's not easy. You know, they just did a great job.
3: A lot of the things you were saying, I was saying on the podcast earlier, like th- that meeting in the uh, Phoenix.
1: Oh, that was, yeah. I mean, anyway, I got the wrong interpretation. I go, the hugging is over with. Now the hugging was always done with defense because buddy Ryan would just tear you down. I mean, you were either a number or you were an adjective. And oh, wow. it was usually like dumb donkey or something like that. Dumb donkey was a good word. Some of the creations buddy came up with were like, oh my gosh, you know what (laughs) can't make the club in the tub rookie (laughs) exactly you know you know the other thing too with that meeting in a defensive meeting room people go what did buddy say well after every play he would he would name like four or five guys he would say good job then he went on for like 10 10 guys on the next list he goes dumb donkey horse manure (laughs) you know the worst bat word you can imagine (laughs) and you know he hated rookies and cowards and any time like Singletary that year was a rookie and you know he just said, I hate rookies and cowards. Do you understand? Not not the singletary, right. but just do our whole defensive unit. And oh, he was ready to get rid of guys. It was
3: the next day I get think you he broke face mask.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was so you know it was fun, Chris. I mean to have I, I have wanted to ask
3: you a for, question real quick. Do you one of the most one of the things Dipka was there? One of the most impressive things I saw from Walter. Remember when Walter turned off that light one time when Dick was yelling at everybody and he got really mad in the meeting? <laughs> well, yeah. so the next day we had that, that scrimmage. He said he brought out the, remember he brought the lines crew out and he goes, you guys have exactly 10, 10 yards to get, but you can't pass. And they're all run plays and Walt, he goes, Walter, get in there. Do you remember that? And it was losing guys got to run. And he started calling 30 dive and then he called pits to Walter and then Walter on the third one, he got really mad and he, Took Terry Schmidt, poor Terry. Do you remember that? And then you guys had to run. The next day we had, uh, it was just the most incredible thing Walter I've ever seen him do. And and then the next day uh, we did it again, and Ditka goes, Dennis Gentry, you get in there. <laughs> oh, wow. And then we had to run.
1: Afterwards.
3: <laughs> he ran a 30 dive and he ran two tosses to the right to make it like to the defense and it just stuffed him. And then Walter used to shake his head when he'd get mad. He'd, he'd take his helmet like this and he'd, he'd uh oh, here he's going somewhere. <laughs> You got that hand out on poor Terry Schmidt. Ricky Watts, of course, missed the block out there. Didn't matter. Oh, yes. And that that was classic. And uh,
1: I mean, Walter, I mean, there are certain players you hit when you're on defense. You go, okay, you know, good reputation, but not that hard to bring down. When you hit guys like Walter Payton, Earl Campbell, you hit them, Chris, and you felt like you were hitting an automobile, like a dump truck. There was like zero. There wasn't even like two inches of give. It was just like, bam. And I tell you, this you resonated through your whole helmet. It,
3: it kind and, of felt that way when uh, he hit me. I mean, it was getting hit by a truck. Uh, he
1: was, <laughs> you know, I'll never forget that play he had against Kansas City. I, I don't know if you were on the team at that point in time. I might have been early. He he ducked his head on five chief players before three of them brought him down. So he ran over five of them. Wow! You know, and there were three left in the secondary. They they all grouped together to tackle yeah, him. Yeah. And uh, oh my gosh, I mean, it, for him to be next to you, how could you not be inspired? You know, it's like you were watching greatness and <laughs> it was, it was, it was and, and then how far he could throw the ball. I mean, just amazing oh, athlete. Yeah.
3: Him and Did Vince you get those contests? Would they get on their knees and see who could throw the farthest? Him and Vince Evans? I and he out threw Vince. Did he really? <laughs> and that's saying wow. something. Yeah.
0: Did you guys ever go and train on that famous hill with him?
3: I did, I did, because I was a workout guy. I did all the time.
1: Yeah, you know what? I went over there one time. I go, you know what? This is way too dangerous. (laughs) I already had enough injuries at that time. I didn't need another.
3: I think I got more poison ivy from that that damn hill than that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What is? That's hilarious.
3: He started going up karaoke. That was it for me. He was going up sideways. I was like, oh my god, (laughs) doing a karaoke. What kind of man does that? But, yeah, yeah, so know, we but had some I, good times, Doug. I, I learned a lot from you. I grew up Ohio State fan, and I got to say that Woody was, you know, I, Woody was something else. I loved him. I, in fact, the coaching—I remember he used to go over here, right here.
1: You <laughs> see, right here, <laughs> Chris. That's it. He—he he was, you know, you learn never to sit up front because he was grabbing chairs all the time, or smashing chalkboards. Um, you know, and, and finally it, it caught up, up to him that that game against Clemson on a national television, the guy intercepts the ball, runs down the sideline when he runs out there and karate chops him in the throat. Yep. You know, he did that to me one time on a game. I was on a, a punt return and, you know, the ball was real high. My job was to run across the field and there was myself and a guy on the other side. We, we crossed and we hit each other's uh, containment, but they didn't know we were coming, Chris. So. My guy was right in front of our bench looking up for the ball. When I hit him running full speed across the field, I speared him. I speared him in the chest, knocked him on his back, and he slid like five more yards. And our, our sideline went crazy, Chris. Woody comes up to me and beats the crap out of me. He grabs my face mask and he's punching me in the stomach. And then he's hit me in the helmet. <laughs> and I'm going, I, I, I don't get this. I, I, you know, I thought my job was to knock the contain man out. Or kicking him, kick him out or whatever. And uh, my parents going, does that happen very often, Doug? I go, well, sometimes. But, you know, he, he was he was a really strong-willed coach.
3: Was John Mummy there when you were there? Yeah, he was. John Mummy told me a story that the coaches used to, he used to get mad and he used to hit the coaches. Woody was left-handed, I guess. So they all started to stand on the right and he got mad one time. And then he used his other hand to hit him on the other side he would just he would hit his old coaches
1: no he would he would he even punched himself sometimes when he got really mad he would like (laughs) punch himself in the face like this oh my gosh the first day there you know I I, the first day I managed I tore cartilage in my knee and I'm laying on the ground and and God bless coach mommy he came over to me and he goes uh where are you from what town were you from Doug I said Irwin Pennsylvania which there's only three thousand people there it was much like Deliverance. It had a river running through it. <laughs> and everybody had, everybody had pickup trucks with uh, rifles in the back yeah. window. Oh, yeah. It was, man,
2: man, it man, was the man, real deal. Kid with the banjos <laughs> in the front porch.
1: Banjos. <laughs> half the people were cross-eyed. So, hey, don't know, know that well. Yeah, no, I'm just laughing. I, I, God bless that, that area because yeah. you but, but you know. rough,
3: then there was a story that Bashnagel told me, but I, I don't know if you're in on it, but he used to tear his hats apart and they double stitched the hats. Do you you know oh, that yeah, one?
1: Yeah, I heard I heard I
2: heard about it. <laughs> he
3: had- well, I appreciate oh, you
2: guys coming on. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate
3: yeah, you, Doug. Got yeah, it, Doug. Just- Doug's got hey, some stuff
0: to do. So yeah.
3: wanted to say hi to you, buddy. Great to see you, man. My wife says hi oh. to your brother, too. I don't think my wife's retired out of the mortgage business.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Always a pleasure. Thank you. So,
3: Thank you. All right, Doug, Bye. thanks
0: for being on. We wanted to thank you for taking the time, and I know you got some other things to do today, so just wanted to thank you, know, you for being on.
1: You know, here's the way I think. It's not about how you start. It's about how you finish this life game, whatever it is. And all I've done was, as soon as I quit playing football or asked to leave or whatever you want to call it, I tried to just gain as much knowledge as I could and try to do as many things as I, you know, so I'm not bored. I mean, every, every day I've got something new to do. I've got a bunch of licenses, real estate, contracting, loan origination, and it just it gives you something to do and look forward to. Sure. You got it. Awesome. Thanks, Doug. You'll have to come on again
0: during the season when we're undefeated.
1: Then we can really talk about some topics. Oh yeah. There you go, buddy. I can't wait for that. Only after a win. You got it.
0: (laughs) All righty, buddy. We'll we'll catch you in the season.
1: Okay, take care.
2: All righty. Thank you. All right, bye. All right. Thank you to Doug Plank for joining the show today. And thank you to my co-host, Matt Budkiss. Follow us on our social channels listed in the show description and the Budkissaward.com for updates on this podcast. If you're interested in purchasing number 51 merchandise, please go to dickbudkiss.com. Be sure to follow the podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. This podcast is brought to you by americaneagle.com studios. I am Matt Amendola, and we'll catch you on the next one.
1: AmericanEagle.com has over two decades of experience designing websites that produce results. Their clients have come to rely on them for a full line of website services from consulting and strategy to digital marketing, hosting and support. AmericanEagle.com is the technology partner you need if you're looking for online success. They work with clients in nearly every industry. They're also the official website and digital marketing provider for the Buckus Award and Buckus Foundation websites and we proudly recommend the team at AmericanEagle.com. Give AmericanEagle.com a call today, 1 877 WebNow1. That's AmericanEagle.com, 1 877 W E B N O W 1.